Hello and welcome to the first show online experience podcast, whatever you want to call it today. My name is Dan Cyprian and I'm excited to be here and I'm excited that you are joining me today. Uh, I have my very first guest that I'm excited to introduce. I know him very well, but it's somebody that I want to introduce to you and that is my dad. His name is Bob Cyprian. And uh, he is my dad. He is a husband. He is a father. He is a musician. He is an author. He is many things, and we're going to cover some of those today. Um, but I'm excited for you. Dad, welcome. Thank you, Dan. Glad to be here. All right. Let me tell, you, tell everybody a little bit more about you. You've been married to my mom, Lori, for 48 years, right? That's correct. All right. I hope I, I was getting mm -hmm. that right. And uh, <laughs> I am the middle of three children. I have two sisters, uh, my older sister, Sherry, my younger sister, Carrie. And you have two grandchildren. That makes sense because those are my children, Xavier and Kiara. And, of course, I am a bit biased, but I think he is the most amazing. Three, sex three grandchildren. Or, sorry, three grandchildren. Thank you. And Mandy. Yes, can't, for can't forget about Mandy. And, uh, and, of course, in my biased opinion, one of the best saxophone players I've ever seen in my life. So uh, that is a little bit of background, but we'll get more into your story today. Um, the first thing I want to uh, really talk about is your defining moments. And uh, I know you have many stories and many testimonies that you could share, but uh, what is, you know, something happened that drastically transformed your life many years ago. Um, why don't you briefly tell tell us uh, what happened? Well, 44 years ago, uh, I uh, had a 180-degree had a change in my life. I was in Ottawa, Illinois. I was a distributor selling rainbow vacuum cleaners door-to-door, -door, and uh, the company sent a man uh, from there uh, to come and help me be a, become a distributor. And his name was Joe Kamakawa. And uh, Joe uh, told me that he graduated from Moody Bible Institute in 1951. And uh, so anyways, uh, we were, uh, my office was right across from a Dairy Queen. And one morning after I had a very dis dis disappointed night of selling rainbows, mm -hmm. um, I uh, saw uh, Joe and uh, one of the men that he's hired for my my uh, company um, having coffee at the Dairy Queen across from okay. my office. Yeah. And so I went into the Dairy Queen and um, um, Joe just all of a sudden uh, asked me, have I ever heard of the four spiritual laws? Well, I said I had never heard of them and he proceeded to, Tell me the four spiritual laws about God having a, a uh, loved me and he had a plan for my life and that uh, uh, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and then we were separated from God and that uh, uh, Christ it was the only provision for God to bring that separation together, Jesus Christ. And so but but just to know those things was not enough. He said, you have to receive Christ. And uh, he told me about two different types of life, a self-directed life where self was on the throne and in charge of, of the life. And, uh, um, you know, pretty much everything was directed by self. 
and it ended up in discord and frustration. Okay. Then there's a Christ-directed life where Christ was on the throne. He was in charge, mm -hmm. and everything was directed by him, and it ended up in harmony with God's plan. And he said, well, which life represents yours? And he says, well, definitely self-directed, no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. Which would you like to, to represent in your life? And he said, I said, Definitely the Christ-directed life. He says, well, he suggested to pray with him. He suggested a prayer, said that God's not interested so much in your words as he is with the attitude of your heart. Sure. And so I prayed, and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come in my life, be the Lord, my Lord and Savior, forgive me, and I thanked him for forgiving my sins, and uh, asked him to take charge of my life, and... Um, uh, and come in and make me the way he wanted to be according to his plan. Right. And so I did that. I prayed in Dairy Queen. And um, I went out of there, and Joe uh, said I had this Bible. He had uh, called the Living, the Living Way. And, uh, and he told me to read the uh, Gospel of John and 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the Acts, and, and so forth. He told me to read all this. I said, Bob Cyprian hated reading. And I looked at that thick, thick Bible, and I thought, if he thinks I'm going to read this, he's got to be crazy. So he went off with the other guy to, to sell a rainbow, and I went up to my office, and I was thinking about everything, and I thought, oh, what the heck? I opened up the Bible, and uh, next thing I knew, four hours had gone by. I'm still reading. Wow. I read the Bible for 12 hours that day. Wow. My life changed yeah. drastically. If somebody would have told me I'd be in Bible college a year later, I would have told them they were crazy. Sure. But my life changed 180 degrees that day, no doubt about it. Absolutely. And what's so, and, uh, so when Dairy Queen made their tagline, We Treat You Right, it really followed through that day, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, that, just, it just goes to show that you don't have to be in church to get saved. That's right. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and so you got more than ice cream that day, that's for sure. <laughs> I, got, I got the frosting on the cake. Is what I got. <laughs> you know what's so interesting is when I started uh, the idea of having a podcast or an, an online you know, uh, program, um, I thought, man, if I'm going to interview anyone, I'm going to interview people who have impacted my life um, tremendously. And obviously, you know, you are first and foremost on that list, um, Dad, and I appreciate it so much. And what's interesting about that story is that you giving your life to Christ 44 years ago impacted my life many years after that. You know, you were there the day that I gave my life to Christ. So that was, that was huge. You know, when I was four years old, I'll never forget that. So I really appreciate it. I mean, I, I do because, you know, everybody has a story. Um, and everybody has these different experiences and what happens. But these decisions, especially in my, in my biased opinion, giving your life to Christ is the biggest decision you can make in your life. And so because of that, though you did, you did not make me accept Christ, your, your decision um, showed me um, that, that choice to make. And uh, that's, that's wonderful. So now let's fast forward a little bit, even though, again, I know you have many stories to tell, but um, a little bit closer to the scene, even though this was quite a few years ago now. But you have, you have Jesus in your life, which if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be here today. No, that's so, true. So what, what, then let's fast forward. Um, I believe it was 11 years ago almost to the day. 
It'll um, be 11 years on October 22nd. All right. 11 t- t- years. Tell, tell us a little bit about what that, that experience was like 11 years ago, October 22nd. Uh, October 22nd, I was uh, working at a job. I was a uh, administrative ad- uh, advisor for an online college, and I was on the phone. And all of a sudden, I felt like my ch- heart was coming out of my chest. And I was having a little trouble breathing, and so I, uh, I basically uh, told my boss I wasn't feeling good, and, and I proceeded to call my wife. I was very reluctant to do that, but I called her and told her what was going on. She said, let me call your, your doctor. And uh, she called the doctor and then called me back and said that he wants you to go to the hospital. I said, wait a second. My, my greatest fear uh, is going to a hospital. I said, yeah, yeah, I, I've always told you, if I'm going to a hospital, put me out. I don't even want to know I'm there. I'll go to the doctor's office, but I won't go to the hospital. Well, she knew that. So she uh, can, uh, advised the doctor of that. And he said, well, go to the immediate care center. So I went for the hospital. I went to the immediate care center. And little did I know that at that time that there was an ambulance waiting for me to take me to the do- to the hospital. So by that time, I pretty much knew. I found out my heart was racing at 213 beats a minute. So I kind of knew this was inevitable. So I went to the hospital and um, they did all kinds of tests, uh, did an angiogram, said that there's no blockages. That's a miracle in itself because uh, my eating habits did not say I should have had, I should have had all kinds of blockages, but I had no blockages. Right. And he said, I can't fix, you know, fix it. And he told my family that he came out and I didn't know this for six months, but he told my family, you better plan the funeral arrangements. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, my wife didn't tell me that until six months after the fact. And uh, of course that's 11 years later. Yeah, I guess uh, no funeral arrangements had to be made. Right, <laughs> right. God was not done with me yet. That's for sure. Yeah, it was quite a moment because you know when you when you came to to us as a family and and kind of we kind of talked through that. Um, there was there was no gray area in a sense. There was this was black and white, right? This was it is what it is based off of what the doctors, um, you know, diagnosed, right? Um, on paper. You're you're a walking dead man, and yeah, right. you know, plan the funeral and and all that, and and I'll I'll never forget that as well because it was quite a a lot to take in because you know these are not the kind of decisions anyone wants to make, um, and especially that quickly. Um, I know during that time I was I was going through. A lot of other pressures, even though I wasn't overwhelmed or stressed about those pressures, those were coming coming at me as pressures in ministry. And then this, with your health and all this, was was affecting it. But nobody in 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 front of me in ministry realized, you know, the struggles I was having. Right. So right. Um, maybe they will now listening to this. But either way, you know, it, it didn't happen. So. Now you have, well, I, what did the doctor give you? What, uh, 90 days at best? Well, according, I mean, it uh, wasn't very long. I, I, I mean, as far as uh, what uh, my wife told me that, uh, you know, it could be any day. It could be three months, you know, uh, not very long. My, wife, my heart was only working 12 to 15 percent. Okay. And uh, that, that's not very much. And so um, 
uh, like I said, the, the doctors weren't expecting me to live at all. But uh, I don't know if you remember what your mom said to you. She said, God's got the last say so. Let's don't do anything. Right. And obviously, he had the last word. And my, my heart's working 50 to 55% now. Right, exactly. I know, I remember the following summer uh, after you were diagnosed, you know, again, given at best 90 days, if even that was a number, it was a day-to-day, your heart could go out at any given time. But fast forward a few months um, after that, coming into the summer of the following year, um, I was presented of getting ordained as a minister. And I'll never forget one of our church leaders uh, that are on the board who is a family physician um, said, hey, if you if you want your dad at your ordination, it's got to happen right now. You know, um, we, you know, he was telling the pastor and everybody like, hey, whatever you want to be done while your father's here on earth, make it happen right now because you don't have you know, you don't, you may not have tomorrow. And, and it's interesting because that's what the Bible says, right? Um, tomorrow is not promised to anyone and we need to make our decisions today. So there, there's something with that, but I didn't want to accept that either as your son, but so be it. So that was 10 years ago that I was ordained. And now fast forward, it's like every doctor's appointment that you've been to, um, still, you know, even though your heart has, has raised in, in function by percentage, uh, it, it, it boggles the minds of even the doctors, right? It does. Yes. Right. Absolutely. But, but there's a factor here that I think I've, I've described it as God. I don't, you know, don't, 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 don't quote this as my theology per se, but, um, like God has a remote in his hand, right? And he has his thumb on the button, whether your heart beats or not. That's really, ultimately, he has the final say. Yeah. He knows, yeah. he, knew, he knew before you were born, he created you, he knew you, um, all the way to the day that you were going to leave this earth. And that's, that's what I'm so, so grateful for, that, that God is the one that is in control, and he is in charge. And I know that you live by that. And if it wasn't for that, you you wouldn't be able to even talk about this in confidence. No, right. absolutely not. So now, eleven years later, or well, actually, I'm sorry. Let's rewind a little bit because, in the midst of all this, even prior, you know, you, you accept Christ uh, 44 years ago, and again, we, for the sake of time, we we surely don't have time to go through all the testimonies that God has proven His power and and His faithfulness, but. Just when you thought you survived something that seemed impossible to survive when it comes to a virus attacking your heart, another situation happened as you were um, going to your 50th high school reunion, I believe, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, it was on October 7th, which we just had a three-year anniversary of that. Uh, I was actually, in the morning of my 50th reunion, they were having a tour of my high school, which was Oaklawn Community High School. And uh, I was getting on the uh, ramp of the expressway uh, to go there in the morning. And um, the next thing I know, I'm in this parking lot with a bowling alley on my right, 
far right and the fence and the ramp that I was on to my far left. And this big tree in front of me that obviously my van crashed into up to the windshield and the airbag was def was deflated. So uh, I looked in the mirror and I saw a uh, bruise on my eye and I'm thinking to myself, how the heck did I get here? You know, and, you know, my first thought was somebody really hit me hard, but there was no evidence of any uh, part of the car other than the crash of being hit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, my daughter, Sherry, uh, she happened to be talking to my wife on the phone when, after I had called her. And uh, she came and actually uh, picked me up and took me to the Silver Cross Hospital Immediate Care Center. Gee, I've been there before. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I went there. And um, on the way, as we were getting back on the ramp, my daughter noticed uh, uh, some skid marks in cir uh, circles. And then she saw that down below, uh, if I would have went off the road, I would have went right into a ditch. But I didn't just go off the road. I flew onto the fence, smashed the fence down, kept on going, ran over a small tree, which ended up under the van, and then ended up in, in this uh, big tree in, that I crashed into. And so uh, <laughs> that, that was kind of wild just to think about that. And, and another side note here, if I would have gotten on that, that expressway, I had, uh, my wife is on 24-7 oxygen. I had all kinds of oxygen tanks in my van ready for the night of the, to uh, go to the uh, uh, 50th reunion. And so, uh, obviously, I wouldn't be here today if that would have happened. If I would have got on that, you know, on that uh, busy expressway, you know. I would have that would, it would have exploded. I'm sure. Yeah. But anyways, um, I um, uh, got to the uh, the immediate care center, and they told me they wanted me to go to the hospital. Well, I said, wait a second here. <clears throat> they were doing tests. I said, well, if the tests come out positive, I'll go. But I've been waiting over a year for my 50th high school reunion, and if the tests come out positive, I like go to the hospital. But they negative. I'm going to my reunion first, and then I'll go to my uh, to the hospital. That, that so that's sounds, what I did. I went to my, what's that? Yeah, that sounds so wise, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to my reunion and I had so much fun and I also, and I was bruised all over, all over me, you know, yeah. but I had so much fun. I even danced the electric slide, you know, <laughs> and I just still did not know what happened, you know, so, and, and, you know, so that's interesting. Yeah. You know, that remember that when I tell you what really happened, why this happened. Right. But, but anyways, Afterwards, I went to the hospital. I didn't get accepted, uh, you know, into the hospital actually until uh, 7:30 that morning, Sunday morning. And I have a defibrillator pacemaker. And uh, on Monday, the gal that checks that out came in and checked it out, and she said at exactly 9:51 Saturday morning, your heart stopped. Wow! And the defibrillator brought you back to life. Wow! Now, my, my cardiologist, after I saw him after that, he said, it, you died. That's what, his terminology was, I died. But uh, they said, uh, the gal that was checking my defibrillator said, your heart stopped. Hmm. So, uh, anyways, obviously, God was not done with me yet. Right. Because <laughs> hmm. here I am, three years after that. And the reason it happened, I found out, was that my cardiologist took me off of medication because because it's one of those medications that has 
could have very, very bad side effects. Mm -hmm. And he was weaning me off of it. Okay. You know, he said, I haven't had any episodes of any kind. So I said, well, let's take you off. Well, I found out that that stays in your system for about five months. Well, that was the end of the five months that day. Wow. And, and afterwards, uh, my, my doctor told me, he said, as long as you're on this medication, that will never happen again. Okay. Well, well. Now, needless, needless to say, uh, they told me I couldn't drive for six months, but then <clears throat> after two, three months on this, back on this medication, my doctor said, it's perfectly safe you can drive, but none of my kids will let me drive. No, so. no, no. We, 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 I can't drive. I couldn't drive anymore after that. Yeah, we 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 definitely uh, we we want to keep you safe. We don't. We surely don't want you to hurt anybody else. Not that you would intentionally do that, but uh, we we want to keep you. You know, even though we, in one sense, our 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 faith and uh, is in in is in God, and we know He's got the remote. But in another sense, uh, we want to try to be wise here on Earth and uh, say, hey. You know, let's let's just play it safe, and we'll just uh, we'll just have you ha hire a driver, right? So yeah, um, right. something like that. So right. wow, I mean, I I know we don't have pictures online right now, and and, and I'll direct them to that later, uh, our audience. But uh, I I think the the if, the if for lack of a better word, the craziest part, if if I could even say the craziest part to to hearing this story was not the fact, I mean, yes, you have a virus uh, attack your heart. That should have that should have been the end of the story based off of human standards, right? Um, but then your heart stops, that should have been it. But the car crash alone probably should have killed you, probably. Um, but it wasn't. Um, it was almost like you were fully protected um, from that, even though the bruises, but you, you're, you know, you're still, there's, you're still human. You're gonna, you're gonna have those, those, those marks. But, um, yeah, looking at the pictures alone of the car crash and just, just hearing the story was like, wow, I don't even know how you survived it. So, um, when you say God is not done with you yet, I mean, that is just, um, I mean, it, it echoes, it echoes beyond just this zoom, this, this, this room that we're in right now, it, it, it's, it extends to all four corners of the earth. God is not done with you or me. Um, if we are here, we serve a purpose. Um, and he has right. a plan for each and every one of us. And I know he's right. had a great plan for your life. I mean, again, we, for the sake of time, we can't even get through everything. And I know uh, man, wish I wish I, you could even play your sax right now, but I know for for audio purposes and all that stuff, we're we're not even going to try it right now. But um, but with this all, this whole process and and through all these these drastic uh, or dramatic situations, these life or death experiences that you had, it kind of inspired you to do something that was completely not on your radar. As you, I think, referred to when you gave your life to Christ, you didn't read um, a book. That was not even in your interest. Um, and then you started reading the Bible page after page that and then and then you went from there. I mean, yeah, I know you're an avid reader now, um, but you went from not enjoying reading at all to reading a book that you didn't even necessarily believe in until that that moment, to experiencing all these life or death moments, right? To being inspired to do something that what? Um, I believe God inspired you to write a book, right? 
That's correct. Tell tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Well, you had you had something to do with that because when you told your the elder of your church where you were a youth pastor that uh, about my condition, uh, he knew what you were talking about, and he 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 felt that he wanted to come out and uh, anoint me with oil and pray over me and and uh, uh, encourage me because he 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 felt that I'm probably very discouraged from this, you know. So you and your wife and. Uh, him and his wife and another uh, uh, wife of a pastor at mm-hmm. your church uh, in Rockford. And Rockford is 100 miles away right. uh, from where I live. Right. And so uh, for the, he came, and he, but before he came, he devised a uh, CD of praise music with encouraging words to it. I remember that. And so he wanted to, he wanted to play that for me. So he was playing it. And I'm listening to the words, and I'm thinking of all these testimonies that God had done in, in my life and my family's life all over the years. And after we were done, I started sharing a couple of those testimonies with him. And he said to me, he said, "Wait a second, you gotta, you gotta write these down. You gotta, you gotta get this, these testimonies to the body of Christ. In fact, you know something, you need to write a book." And I thought, "My God, you know, if anybody could write a book, my wife could, but not me, you know." Sure. So he left, they, you know, everybody left, and I, I uh, sat down and I started writing my testimonies. And I wrote down over 30 testimonies. Hmm. And God just developed all kinds of things with this with the book. Little did I know how I, I already had the name of the book, but I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, way back when, uh, our family used to sing together. And um, um, I, I wanted a name for our family group. And so I was in the shower one day, and all of a sudden it came to me, Sips, C-I-P-S for Cyprian, Sips of Living Water. Mm-hmm. So anyways, after that, our, we started not singing together anymore. And so that, you know, I didn't know, you know what that was all about until the book, yeah. obviously. Sips, compelling inspirational, powerful stories. That's what it stands for. Wow. And that's what the book is about. I got the front page. I got the back page. I've got even people that have read the manuscript, uh, their thoughts on it in the back, on the back page. I've got, it's really done, but it's not published yet mm-hmm. because God hasn't, and God's timing. Obviously, the last one of the last chapters is uh, you heard the testimony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, that was had to be done in order for it to be in the book, you know. But anyways, uh, uh, so it, uh, it's not published yet because God hasn't provided the finances in order to do that. And I have the publisher; they're waiting for me. They've been encouraging me. They said, "Hey, you know, God's timing." They they even agree with it. Mm-hmm. You know, God's timing. Is important, and and I agree with that. I don't want it any other way but God's timing. Yeah. But this book is is done, ready to go. It's, it's got even uh, the one of the added things I added to is pictures. Yeah. Part of the part of the deal is I get twenty pictures, and I have exactly twenty pictures. Okay. That go along with a lot of the testimonies in, in the book. So I'm excited about that, but I have to wait on God. Absolutely. He's in charge. I remember when you told me you were going to write the book, or when you did, actually, because you you wrote it, uh, at least initially, pretty quick, at least the majority of it. And uh, 
And for again, for somebody who, who who didn't like reading, you know, and then you became a reader and then had no idea, didn't even cross your mind that you would ever write a book. And then you go for most people when they say, you know, or somebody, uh, you know, says, hey, you should write a book like myself even is like, hey, wait a minute. I don't know. That's a lot of work. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, but you, you know, you just started writing and, and it was just you just simply wrote what God has done in your life. Just, and again, you said what over thirty or about thirty or so plus. Yeah. And uh, that's phenomenal. I remember when you uh, when you said you wrote it, uh, or at least initially, I read it. I read it actually in one sitting. Um, and again, for me, I wasn't a big reader. In fact, I'm a slow reader, so it takes me a lot more time than probably the average person to read. Um, a book, but um, I read it in one sitting, and and it was even though I knew most of these stories, these really just inspired. Just I think like the title of Sips of Living Water does, um, just inspirational and powerful stories. I mean that definitely depicts what these these this book is all about, and I know it's God's timing. Um, but man, I can't help but think we need to get this we need to get this book published uh, yesterday. I mean, I think people really need to to read it. Um, I know um, I'm confident and convinced that this is a must read, and people need to know um, because I, I know there's nothing. If I could be so bold to say, there's nothing greater than it going through the experience rather than the reading. Um, but nobody wants to to sign up for, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through you know all that to to come out on the other side. Well, if, you know, it's funny you say that. If God would have told me His plan <laughs> right. that day, 44 years ago, I would have said. No way. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> that that's absolutely right. I wouldn't either. No nobody would. You know, nobody would sign up for such a thing, but if if you want or expect miracles in your life, the 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 protocol for miracles is you got to go through something impossible, right? You got to go through something yep. that man cannot do on his own. Miracle is defined by only God can do it. Right. And so, yeah, nobody would sign up for it, but so grateful that we, we have those stories. I have my own stories of miracles. You have your stories, and I know many others. And I hope everyone who is listening and watching this um, at this moment realizes that God is, is right here, right now. And no matter what you're going through, God can pull you through. He could get you through. Um, but it's he's in control and it's his plan and and sometimes not everything works out the way we think. Um, I, in fact, I could I could be honest and say it usually doesn't always work out the way we think. Um, no. Some in in fact I would say better, but also you know sometimes things don't work out the way we think in in maybe the disheartening factors or or whatever the case may be but regardless we need to have faith in the one and the only one that has control and if you don't have that then you're lo- you're lost anyways i mean if you don't have your hope in the one that can change change things nothing will ever change in your life and and that's absolutely crucial. So I really hope uh, you know. I know I'm I'm gonna pray and believe with you that it is God's time. But man, if I could speak it into existence right now, let's get this book on on the printing table right now and uh, get these in the hands of people because I know 
um, it will will help um, so many out there. A um, couple more things I want to ask you, Dad, before we, we head out. But out of all the things that you shared today, um, man, if there is one thing that you can just leave with our audience, um, sum it up, um, encourage them, whatever, um, share that, please. Well, you know, we've, we've said it many times already because it is a, a key element that, first of all, you need to have Christ in your life. You, you need to accept Christ in your life, and you need to be born again. That, that's got to be, that's the beginning part. But then, after that, you've got to realize that if, you're, if you are born again, if you're saved, you're a Christian, that God is in total, complete control of your life. You know, and you have to know that he loves you and he cares about you. And no matter what's happening in your life, it, it wouldn't be happening unless he gave permission for it to happen. And unless it was part of his plan for you. And uh, all we can do is accept that and believe that he's in charge, that that no matter what happens, that he's going to come through and he's faithful. He will never, ever, ever ever leave you or forsake you and uh you can bank on that and that, that's the absolute truth and that's the one that's the thing i want that don't ever ever lose track of the fact that god is in control amen absolutely and if you uh that are listening or watching this right now want more information uh, not just a relationship with, with Jesus, but any other information or questions that you have about what we talked about today, will you go to my website, uh, sipministries.org, um, or you could follow me at all social, uh, or Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Sip Ministries. Um, there is information on that for you. You could even contact me directly. I could even contact, get in, you in contact with uh, my father, Bob Cyprian. Um, also, um, you... Um, our, our viewers and listeners out there can also find you, Dad, on Facebook. I believe your handle is robert.e.cyprian um, at Facebook. So that's where you, or you just type Bob Cyprian, I believe, in, in the search, and, and you will pop up from my, my understanding. I don't have to look you up because uh, I know you, uh, but, uh, but that's great. That's where you could find us. Um, but you know what? I want to conclude right here with uh, one more thing. I'm going to ask you, Dad, um, can you take us out with, with some prayer? Um, just, just pray, um, whatever you feel. Um, but if I could just encourage, uh, again, everybody listening right now, um, please continue to watch these episodes, watch this over again, listen to it carefully, like it, comment, share it, um, start a watch party, invite others to tune in because this, you will never know. Maybe you may never know the power of these stories right now can not just inspire somebody, but it will change their life. And you can be a part of that today if you just simply uh, one click. You're one click away from changing somebody's life. So make that happen. Dad, will you uh, pray us out right now? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Uh, that is something we all need every single day of our lives. And I pray for those that have been listening to this, Lord, that number one, if they don't know you, that they come to know you, that they receive you as their Lord, uh, you as your, their Lord and Savior. And, uh, and Lord, I, I pray that, that, uh, that you, uh, the, those that are Christians out there, 
that uh, may be struggling, may be going through something, Lord. I pray uh, for them that they will just uh, be inspired to, to uh, through all these stories that I've uh, shared, uh, to inspire, to realize that God is in control and that, that, uh, that he will work it out, that th this is not the end of the situation, that, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. In other words, uh, God's going to come through for you. And just, just uh, grasp onto that and hold onto that because hope is what, you, what you, you need more than anything else in those moments. And I thank you for this time that we've had together. And I thank you. I uh, thank Dan Cyprian, my son, my favorite son out of all of them. Uh, I thank you for taking me uh, on and uh, on this uh, uh, podcast. And I appreciate it very much. And I pray that God's power will work through this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Dad, and thank you for all, all of you that are tuning in today. Until next time, keep on pressing on towards the goal.